The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. here with the wooden spoon we have another episode of the sit down and i am joined by another very very special guest he is an actor from new jersey you've seen him in the family with de niro collateral beauty with will smith and one of my favorite comedies of all time beer league where he had a 700 batting average we've got jimmy palumbo how's it going jimmy hey what's up man how you doing not that much. Dude, before we even get started, I have to say how big of a fan I am of Beer League. It's like <laughs> one of like the top, like it's like one of those movies I go back to like all the time just to like watch it. <laughs> well, there's get- certainly a certain age group and and uh, and locality. If you're an East Coast kind of guy and you play a little ball or you get or you're Italian, you know, these ball breakers that are out there playing. Uh, that's how it started. You know what the ball break and that goes on oh my in God. a weekly event whether it's darts bowling softball it's all the same thing and uh you know a couple of beers you have a few laughs you get older you turn tend to really know these guys you know so yeah everyone's got a lot like of the, a lot of fun to do. everyone's got their friend group and it. it's like just it's like the perfect like movie for the boys i guess yeah it is definitely a guy's guy movie you know? for sure <laughs> for sure I mean, for sure <laughs> yeah but how have you been doing man how's your um 2020 2021 been well you know uh, a lot of the stand-up gigs went all went away and uh, a lot of production stopped so i haven't been auditioning nearly as much it's starting to pick up a little bit maybe yeah um i was blessed to book a few things right before the pandemic I booked a few things during, so I got to work on a pandemic set with the masks and this, that, and the other thing. Um, That was intense. And, um, you know, it was good. I mean, uh, but, you know, it was rough. (laughs) It was good Mm -hmm. for that. But, uh, you know, it was was a, it's, it's just been a rough year, you know, I I I, I'm I'm one of the, I'm one of the millions who feel that way. So my life's no different. So what's like, what's it? What's it like working on a pandemic set? Are you getting like tested like every day is or a bubble or what they do is you usually get tested. Um, well, it depends on when you work in the week, you got to get mm-hmm. tested. The, the, the three day test, you got to get tested like two or three days before. Yeah. And then when you get to the set, you get tested. Um, uh, they do the quick test and you got to stay in okay. the trailer until that clears. And then you're good to go. But crew people get tested, I believe, twice a week constantly. So oh, wow, yeah. the crew's constantly being tested. So I've been tested for COVID quite a bit. <laughs> but I'm now I'm double va- I'm double I'm double vaxxed. So nice. Um that's cool. Yeah, man. So are you and vaxxed then, yet? I am not. I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm just a little wait and see. Yeah, well, you're young, but you, you you just stay in your basement there. Don't come out to look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm uh, just working away. Then you you recently started a podcast too, right? Yeah, I started actually. Uh, I got inspired by some people. I always wanted to do it, 
And so I started one called the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Awesome. Which is on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they have, all that stuff. And that's been going well. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I got some, I was able to get some cool people on the show, some friends and to get the thing going. And I, but right around the same time, kind of by accident, I started this other podcast called the Interlocking NYs. Uh, okay. And it's about uh, baseball. Uh, my, my host, uh, Rick Antonori, is a Met fan. I'm a Yankee fan. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's different than the Jimmy Palumbo show. It's more about mm-hmm. the underbelly of baseball. We interview uh, people that are coaching agents in baseball. So you really get a little periphery of baseball. Oh, that's very cool. Learn, uh, learn about, like, we interviewed the uh, single A coach of the Mets, batting coach. That was mm-hmm. cool. We interviewed a guy who trains catchers. You know, if your kids like say, you know, I don't know, in college or sophomore, junior in high school, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's got a shot at being a decent catcher, you go to this guy's camp and it's intense. And we interviewed uh, just an agent, which was cool, and he's explaining to how how being an agent works with baseball, and um, it was a lot of fun. We also do a segment called uh, uh, "What the heck happened to uh, What the heck happened to that guy?" <laughs> and we each one of us chooses a really uh, uh, like a a Met or Yankee from like 20 years ago or 15 Mm -hmm. years ago that only a real fan would remember. Yeah. Uh, And we really picked up some, no no all-stars, like no Derek Jeters or anything else. Yeah. So, and we're having a lot of fun with it. And then we were able to get sometimes after we talked about them on the following week, we got him as a, as a guest. Oh, so cool. cool. So we do that. And, um, uh, but the Jimmy Plumbo show has been fun. You know, it's just me and a microphone and kind of what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it's all audio only. And uh, I just, I just go, you know, I just kind of talk. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's uh, starting to get some traction. So I'm happy about it. I'm starting to grow. And, Very cool. Uh, who knows? Someday. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. I know. I saw you had uh, Mike Marino on. Yeah. 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 Mike Marino came on an old friend of mine, uh, stand up. Um, we had a lot of laughs and, um, I had, uh, guy, Mark DiCarlo. I had Mark Wahlberg, the guy who hosts, um, antique roadshow and he's the host of temptation Island, Cool. Dominic Lombardozzi, a bunch of people like awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I know. Um, I love Mike Marino. I've, uh, had him, I've had him on my show. I was on his show. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's big into the whole Italian thing. <laughs> yeah. Italian. <laughs> I'm for half sure. Irish, but you know, mostly Italian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tell me about, um, like how would you, was it like your mom Italian or your dad Italian? My, mom, my, my dad's a full Italian. It was, uh, I passed away a couple years ago and, Sorry, uh, uh, no problem. And, uh, um, uh, my mother is Irish, but also a little bit of, uh, English, French Canadian, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I got really, it's like, I really, I always consider myself half Irish, half Italian Yeah. or half Italian, half Irish. Yeah. Deadly mix. Um, what aunts and uncles I'm visiting. Uh, I have like very <laughs> Irish cousins and I have very Italian cousins. So I bet. It's, uh, it's a nice mix. I think my mother was the first Irish into the into the DNA pool, though, in my father's family, which is pretty wild. Really? So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I think we, we couldn't really figure out any other Irish uh, people in there. So pretty, pretty cool. I'm sure that ruffled some feathers initially. So, <laughs> oh yeah, she told me some of the answer a little bit, like, "Oh, who's this? Who's this Irish lady?" You know? <laughs> but, but my mother won them over because she was adorable and funny. And I sweet, bet. So awesome. And they were married for fifty. Whew, 
I don't know, 56 years or something like that. Oh, wow. Good for them. Yeah. So my mother's still around, though. Mm -hmm. She'll uh, she'll probably listen to this. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. How you doing, Mrs. (laughs) Palumbo? Yeah. So are you like born and raised in Jersey, right? Yeah. Grew up uh, in Colonia, New Jersey um, and uh, went to Colonia High School. Then went to Rutgers. And then I uh, started working for some different companies, you know, I started uh, uh, working for like computer wear and ended up at Microsoft, believe it or not. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, I actually had like $3,000 worth of Microsoft stock in 1990. <laughs> uh, and if I just would have hung on to that, literally like, you know, put the piece of paper in a drawer, I would have been worth like well into the millions. Yeah. But, oh my uh, God. I had this, I cashed it in because I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. I cashed it in for uh, about seven car payments on my Honda Civic. <laughs> hey, so you got to do another one do. of my uh, brilliant, my brilliant financial moves. And then um, I ended up, uh, I became a substitute teacher in Woodbridge. And then I auditioned for some community theater plays. I got the acting bug and the rest is history, as they say. That's so cool. I know. I love hearing like, just like, like the process of like becoming someone like an entertainment or like just like kind of doing what you love. So like, what were some of the first roles that you've ended up getting well, to like where, be- where, where you said like, okay, this is like something that is going to be able to uh, like support me, you know, uh, well, support me. Uh, well, I, I, um, I always wanted to maybe do it, but I was actually like too afraid really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I ended up auditioning. I did well on my first I don't know, five or six non-paying, non-revenue generating mm. auditions. <laughs> um, the, my first audition, I booked a role um, in a community theater play with some heavy hitters. Uh, this woman director, Mary McGinley. Hi, Mary, if you're listening. She t- took a chance on me. I didn't know anything. Never been mm. in a play in my life. And I was, wasn't that young either. I was like 23, a couple years after Rutgers. And, um, but I went to Rutgers as a regular student, journalism mm. major, you know, Capacig and all that stuff. And um, uh, loved it there. Huge Rutgers fan, football and, mm-hmm. and uh, basketball. But I auditioned for this play and then I auditioned for another community theater play. And then I decided to, someone said, you got to get headshots. And so I got mm-hmm. that. And then I started going to the city and then I started to, I just, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I got a little lucky. I think in the beginning, I didn't strike out really. I mean, I struck out plenty times mm-hmm. since, but in the beginning I booked just enough to go like, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I can do this. Um, and, uh, so I ended up in this improv group, started hanging around with Artie Lang, who I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we started doing sketch comedy and that really, after that, you know, I, my first booking money wise was, uh, um, spin city with, uh, Michael J. Fox. Okay. Which was on ABC. That was a big one. Yeah. And then after that, I started auditioning for TV and film. I always did a lot of voiceovers. I got a nice raspy voice. So yeah, I was going to say like perfect for podcasting and radio and everything. Yeah. You know, it's funny. uh, People have been telling me that your voice sounds good on the air. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. It's, you know, I don't do anything to it. It's just me. Mm. Um, So uh, I was really happy about that. Um, But yeah, so I've been really auditioning ever since. Uh, Booked some really cool things, had some really close calls to some really big things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, life throws you a curveball. You don't, you know, I did some really cool stuff that didn't pan out. And uh, you go back to the drawing board and you start 
you get in line with everybody else and you start auditioning again and you try to try to make it happen. Yeah. What are some, I guess, some tips for people that like want to get started in acting or like, or maybe well, starting to go to auditions or something. Um, I, I, I do mentor some kids, um, you know, young adults. And I tell them, I said, you know, you got to get headshots, you know, figure it out, go online. You're going to spend between three and 600 bucks somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Have everybody look at them, look at them really careful. Make sure they're done right. Make sure you go to a professional headshot guy. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They don't take pictures of, uh, you know, ceiling tiles for a magazine. They take yeah. pictures. It's called a headshot. They take pictures of people's heads mm-hmm. and um, you get that done. And then, you know, there's, there's um, a lot of websites, backstage.com, actorsaccess.com. You put together a resume and whatever's on your resume, that's it. I've worked with some kids who, had nothing on their resume, but their height, weight, eye color. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's what your resume is. Let's see where it is in six months. Yep. And they had some natural ability and they booked some work. Then I recommend getting into some classes. Um, you know, uh, there's some really wonderful classes out there. Now with the pandemic, you got to maybe choose a Zoom route. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's tough right now. It's a, it's a good time to get in and a bad time. I think a lot of people have left the business. Uh, but a lot of rookies are hesitant to uh, jump in because of yeah. the timing. But um, I think uh, that's what you got to do. And then you got to meet people. You got to offer to work. If you hear about a production, offer your services to help out, you know, hold wires. Um, just try to get involved with any kind of production mm-hmm. and you'll learn. And then when the city opens up, um, you got to go into the city, take classes, you talk to other actors, you find out what's going on. You find out about this class, that audition, this audition. And um, then you sign up for the other services like backstage.com and actors access. And then, you know, you got to get better as an actor by taking the classes. And mm-hmm. I think most people get better. And then to be honest with you, it's a little bit like sports. You got to mm-hmm. get it. You got to hit. You got yeah. to get hits. Um, but sometimes you can be like over 30 and then hit a big one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and you, you always hear about actors saying like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. I was ready to quit. Then I hit a big home run and now they're <laughs> multimillionaires, you know. I've been the more steady route, you know, singles mm-hmm. and doubles. Um, occasionally I do hit a home run though. But um, uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, that's my friend Paul walking by me right there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh that's pretty much been it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in, I always tell people you regret it. If you're 23 years old and you want to go into acting and you don't do it when you're 40, you're going to be like, ah, I should have went. I mm-hmm. should have did it. Mm-hmm. I so, feel like that's uh, like, that's like a really good, like, um, philosophy for almost like anything, any like, like dream, like you got to kind of just get in, you got to do what's necessary. Then you got to, you got to work, pay your dues and keep moving on. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, do it while you're young because life gets in the way. You start getting a wife involved or kids or a side job that turns into a full-time job. And next thing you know, your dream is, is, is uh, you know, goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, but if you're older, you can start doing it too. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever, you just, you kind of got to go all in. What's very, what I noticed, I don't know, what do I know? I'm just a character actor. But I, I if you don't go all in, you're, you're, you, you got to go all in <laughs> so yeah. for, for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. uh, and see where it's at. And you got to listen to people, you know, 
if you're not getting good feedback or you're not getting it going, um, you know, uh, that tends to, uh, uh, you know, makes you feel like you're not doing well. Yeah. But that may not be true. You might just be 0 for 10, but hitting line drives the third and just, you know, not getting through. And then you hit one out. So Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Stay stay in as long as you can, I say. But, you know, if you start getting feedback that maybe maybe you could be a writer or or something else in the in the in the field, but not maybe an actor. I don't know. For sure. What a blessed. Yeah. So to talk to us about some of the home runs, like um, like what are like some of the favorite roles that you've had personally? I think, well, I, the three, I, I had three big uh, things in my life that, um, that I had, you know, the big home runs, even though I, I was with a sketch group called live on tape and that ended mm-hmm. up being the name of our shows. It became a, and Artie Lang got mad TV and our group then got signed by NBC mm-hmm. and we shot, it was like a, one of the more expensive late night pilots they ever shot at mm-hmm. NBC we shot it in the SNL studios. It was a big deal at the time. And, uh, but different people took over the, yeah. the entertainment group and our show got squeezed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Lauren Michaels had a little something to do with that. <laughs> nothing to do with us. Cause we were, uh, you know what I always say, people listen, I, I'm not a cocky guy, but we were a damn good, uh, damn good sketch group. I, I, could, I could only imagine. I, mean, I would love to see some of that footage. And I could, I could only imagine. It's, some of it, some of it's online. You can see it every now and then, but it's, uh, we were good. Um, not necessarily dated either. We didn't do anything current, nothing political, all mm-hmm. original characters. Um, actually, I, I thought our show was great. I, I put our show up against any sketch comedy show, to be wow. honest with you. So uh, then I've also had, you know, obviously Beer League was a big deal, but you know, we chose the wrong distributor. They didn't know what to do with it. That got screwed up. When we shot the movie, um, Artie was on uh, K-Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, or not K-Rock, whatever. Yeah, K-Rock. Was it K-Rock? No, the other one. Uh, whatever. It was on regular radio. Yeah. But then when the movie came out, when you really need to promote, Howard Stern was on Sirius Radio. And I don't yeah. care what anybody says. There was like 12 people listening to Sirius Radio. Back then, <laughs> and 11 of them were truck drivers. Now, of course, it grew exponentially since Beer League. Yeah. Um, but um, I thought the movie was funny. Uh, then I've had, uh, you know, tons of... Uh, I did the movie The Family with De Niro and Michelle yes. Pfeiffer. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a really nice part in that, you know, kind of one of the, you know, I wasn't a lead, but I was the secondary lead. Yeah, absolutely. But, what's it like? What's it like working like on a set like that with like De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, it's crazy. We all we were like in this commune mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, uh, in France. I was in France for six weeks. We were on Luc Besson's estate, and uh, it was wild because I ate dinner in a room like six tables. Uh, I ate dinner every night with Tommy Lee Jones, De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, Luc Besson, uh, Harvey Keitel stopped by a couple of nights. So uh, it was nuts. And then we all stayed together. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a dream come true. I mean, I got to eat with these people and bust their chops and they get to them. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Like if you were sitting at a table, they all came down to eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was this beautiful estate uh, north of Paris, um, not far from Normandy. And uh, and then De Niro sits at the table. (laughs) Hey, Bob, how you doing? But inside you're like, what am I doing? I'm having a glass of wine with Robert De Niro. That's insanity. And Dominic Lombardozzi was in it. Me and him, he's the guy from The Wire. Yep. And uh, 
and a bunch of other roles as well. Yeah. And uh, me and him hit it off like two peas in a pod. He was really kind to me and we hit it off. And uh, but the movie didn't do well at the box office. So nobody cares. Mm. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff like that. Uh, you know, you get you hit, you know, the probably the biggest thing I booked is uh, uh, in terms of one episodic would be the episode of Friends when Jennifer Aniston has the baby, mm. I think like 30 million people watch that night. And uh, that wow. scene, as soon as I bring it up to any fan of the friends and I tell them what episode, like, Oh my God, you were the guy, <laughs> you know, you sick fat rat bastard, whatever my name was in the show. <laughs> and so I also did a big episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. Uh, and I also did a, um, uh, episode of ER, Entourage, little things like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like whenever like you pop up, I'm like that's freaking Jimmy Palumbo, and it's like <laughs> like an Entourage selling the same selling the Sandy Koufax jersey. Right, right, right. Oh, you're right. You remember the plot line? That's right. But yeah, I'm a huge Entourage fan. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, like you know, I always say to people, I'm the guy leading off second when a guy hits the two run home run to win the game, but nobody cares. <laughs> I slap the base hit to right field and start the rally. No, man. Like I said, like I said, I'm like the biggest beer league thing. Like that's one of like my go-to comedy movies. It's like super bad beer league, like Billy Madison, like all those are just like, right. like that's, well, that's like my humor. Like you're, how did, how, putting, you're putting beer league uh, high up the list, which I appreciate. But. Oh my God. It's like, it's just like, it's like when you find like those movies that are like your humor, it's like, they just stick with you. <laughs> so how did that, how did like, um, like, so would something like that come like into play? Was it like, just like you and Artie Lang just kind of, well, it started out uh, me, Artie Lang and my friend, Mike Ruane. Uh, Artie, Artie has started to make a few dollars and he, uh, we were going to do a short film. A lot of people were doing short films mm -hmm. that you do the short film and you have the script set up so you could do the feature. That was the way to do it. But it was expensive Gosh. back then. Mm -hmm. There was no cell phones. No, mm -hmm. everything was like old school cameras. You had to rent everything, the lights, the whole bit. And um, uh, we were sitting around, we were going through ideas and I came up with the idea. I just said, what about all the ball breaking that goes on 15 minutes before a softball game? Yeah. And they were all like, that's it. That's it. So uh, Artie wrote uh, maybe 70% of, uh, of um, this movie called Game Day. Mm -hmm. And my buddy, Mike Ruane, directed the whole thing. We shot it down in Florida in two days. He uh -huh. ended, up, ended up costing us like 40 grand. Mm -hmm. And it blew everybody away. People were really, you can see that. on If you Google Game Day and Artie Lang, you see it. Um, and it blew a lot of people away. And we started working on the script for Beer League. Already got in bed with this guy, Frank Sebastiano. Um, and uh, uh, Frank wrote this really funny script. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, there was my buddy, Mike Ruane, who did a lot of the work to get us there. Frank Sebastiano decided to direct the film. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of screwed my buddy, if you want to put it that way. But um, and uh, so he was out, which was unfortunate. But I was able to stay on the train and uh, we shot beer league. We got Ralph Macchio and uh, one of other Artie's buddies, Michael Deej. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah. So game day led directly without that DVD going into the pitch meetings mm -hmm. without that DVD. I don't think we would have got uh, the movie made. So I'm always oh, proud so cool. of the work that we all did, including mm -hmm. Artie, of course. Artie was the, the key element. Obviously, mm -hmm. when you have a, uh, you know, at the time, Artie was really starting to become big. And that's always great to get into meetings when the guy's hot, you know? So yeah. I just was like, uh, 
He was like playing with Michael Jordan, just dribble the ball down, get it to him, and just get out of the way, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what's like, like I even I can't even imagine like what a what like the sets like. It's got to be like almost like ball breaking fifteen minutes. You know, people think that on yeah. beer league, but you know, Artie was Artie was coming off of uh, the whole heroin thing, mm-hmm. first bout with it, and um, uh, believe it or not, you know, Frank Sebastiano is a pretty straight guy. Like he's yeah. not. There wasn't as much hijinks going on. Okay, um, on the set as you think. Um, there was certainly moments. I mean, I it took me about four days. I started, you know, breaking Ralph Macho's balls a little mm-hmm. bit. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had my buddy Deej, who was my roommate in the city uh, for a period of time. So we hit it off. But Artie was trying to just stay sober at the time. Yeah. Uh, we had some fun uh, when the movie premiered in uh, Vegas and stuff like that. So we had a lot of laughs with that kind of thing. So I know. it was a listen. I, I loved every minute of it. I've been playing softball with my dad for a hundred years. I used to go as a little kid. He played every Tuesday night. Um, then I took over a team and there's been a team since 1967 with my family's uh, company name on it. And um, I stopped for two years because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I just started playing again. Awesome. <laughs> and I am sore and tight, and not <laughs> doing well. Very depressing getting old and realize you can't quite do what you want to do. But I, I refuse to go out like this. I got to start getting in shape. I'm, I'm having, I know I got to get, got to get back up to that 706, right? Not even close. Matter of fact, I'm 0 for 11. On the oh, no. <laughs> I'm like frustrated. I hit a couple of balls nice today, but they were out. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Starting to feel it a little bit, but you know, hey, 0 for 11, <laughs> man. <laughs> I stink. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to that 706. <laughs> <laughs> I get, We'll see what happens. All right. Well, Jimmy, I can't thank I can't thank you enough for being on the show. This was a free, this is a blast for me. It's like I'm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolute absolute blast. If there's anything I could help do, like promote your podcast or yeah, send me uh, send me your address. I'll send you. Uh, well, yeah, it's the Jimmy Palumbo Show uh, on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcast, and um, it's on the three sixty five uh, three sixty five. It's on the Chop Sports Network. Um, Chris and Dave uh, run this uh, really cool network of sports shows and shows like mine. And they just started out and they're growing. It's a lot of fun. So that's I'm on the chop sports network, which is, and uh, you can get it on Spotify and Apple podcast. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll I'm, put I'm also on another show called the interlocking NYs, um, the Rick and Jimmy show. Mm-hmm. And that's available at uh, uh, 365 sports uh, sports as well as Spotify and all that. So. Awesome. Those yeah, my well, two big plugs. <laughs> we'll have all the links in the description or wherever anybody's listening to this. And then also right. make sure you follow Jimmy on Instagram and I we'll got put- Instagram and Twitter and all that. And I wish I was a little better at all that. Some of the kids are like lightning at it. Yeah. I should hire you to do my social media. I do that. Actually, that's what I do for a living. So if you want to talk, we could definitely talk. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk awesome. about that. Awesome. Uh, well- s- sadly, you'll be making a very small living. <laughs> 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 all right well i this has been a freaking blast for me thank you again for coming on everybody else make sure you go listen to jimmy's podcast follow him on social media and we will catch you guys in the next episode ciao you got it
in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.